All right, uh, Mark, for legal reasons, we have to tell you that you're being recorded. Sorry, bear with me a second, lads. Just bear with me. She's doing a crime. <laughs> Good afternoon, good morning. My name is Malachi J. Matthews, and I am joined, as always, by Hollywood Fletch. How's it going, little Hollywood Fletch? You all right? Little cheeky, full of sugar. Yeah? I'm all right, mate. I've had a crunchy. Better crunchy and a couple of beers. I've had a couple of beers, and many ones. Oh. So, ladies and gentlemen, Super Tap Film Club, we're here again for another film. And he's here again, because it's lockdown quarantine Super Tap Film Club. Who is? I tell you, it is. It's bloody Magic Mark, Fletch. Magic Mark? Hello. Hello. You all right, Bab? I'm all right, yeah. A year of Super Tap Film Club, mate. Oh, yeah. I forgot. You forgot. Yeah, yeah, we've been doing this a year. I forgot. We forgot. Thank Uh, you, Mark. Thanks, Mark. I mean, the the thing is, I don't know what day it is from one day to the next at the moment. Oh, God. When you text me to come over to record this, I was... uh, You thought it was Tuesday. Yeah, I thought it was yesterday. Yeah, it's not. It's today. It's where it's it's well. It is Tuesday. Of course, it is. It's because I was asleep during mm. the day. Because I sleep during the day. Vampire Nightman. Mm. You you stayed up and you watched Hereditary, and, and no wonder you can get to sleep. I watched Terminator. Well, there you go then. That was, that was you Terminator. Yeah, I watched Hereditary and Terminator, and then I nothing. No, uh, I watched <laughs> Hereditary and then Terminator. What did you do after that? Nothing. Nothing. What did you watch after that? What? What? What did you watch after that? Was I didn't it? watch any specialist night film, was it? It wasn't a specialist night film. Alright, okay. Fine. The, uh... All right, we'll move on. Mark, what have you been up to? I've, I've been doing me other podcasts, and I've been um, watching Tat, basically. I haven't watched anything of note since Edward Scissorhands, and we talked about that last time, didn't we? How dare you? We watched The Crow. You've watched The Crow for your show. Oh, that's true. Great I did watch The Crow. Great story ever told. It's up there with Top Gun, mate. It's I up did, there with Top Gun. did enjoy The Crow. It was the first time I'd seen The Crow, and it was dead good, wasn't it? I mean, if you want to hear us talk about The Crow, you need to go over to... Uh... Well, Mark, tell people where to go. Oh, well, um, it's my regular comic book podcast, Pull or Pass. But um, my mate Zach, who I do the podcast with, is taking a month's break, so I'm doing a series of filmy type situations like comic book films have a chat with a different pe- either a different person or different people about a comic book film I've got um, by the time this goes up you'll be able to listen to me and Tim Henton talking about Scott Pilgrim and next Saturday you'll be able to hear me and these Super Tap boys talking about The Crow and then after that I've got people coming on to talk about the Sam Raimi f- Spider-Man films and Spawn are you a fan of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man films? Oh, I don't dislike them, but I I, th- I think we've got a better Spider-Man now. Yeah, I, me and me and Malachi nearly came came to blows. We did we have an argument about the the uh, Sam Raimi Spider-Man the other day. The other day. Yeah. Okay, right. So you so, so you think now. they're all right then, Mark? I said they were all right. What do you think they are in comparison to the uh, Amazing Spider-Man with Andrew Garfield? I think they're better. What are? The Sam Raimi ones. 
Well, yeah. What so, I said. Do you know when you said that the fucking Sam Raimi ones were like, well, they're all right. Well, he yeah. was just he was just silently. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the first one, he thinks that Amazing Spider-Man with uh, Andrew Garfield is better than the Sam Raimi one. Got the Welsh lizard, didn't it? The Welsh lizard fella from Twins. Okay, so if we're comparing the two, the first two Sam Raimi ones, and ignoring the third one, to yeah. the the two and oh, Andrew Garfield ones, right? Then the Sam Raimi ones are vastly superior, but there is a massive drag factor when it comes to the wretched third one that mm. can't really be ignored. Well, the third one's more about Mary Jane's failing Broadway career, really, isn't it? <laughs> and, it's uh, not very good. No, uh, and what I the did... second one's got a scene straight from Evil Dead, in it? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't it? Yeah, it has. It's got the Evil Dead canon. They've all got every Sam Raimi's film's got an Evil Dead coming in. Not like that though. That scene when the uh, when the, the octopus arms come to life. Tentacles. Tentacles. That's what yeah. octopus arms are called. Octopus oh, arms. For fuck's yeah. sake, Fletch. Yeah. Well, I did say I, I didn't like the first one. Didn't rate the first one at all. But I thought the second one was good, better than the first one. First one's got Randy Savage in. Well, so what? Yeah. Bone saw. Yeah. Well, that's true. Bone saw is ready. You can say that about, you know, certainly there was a WCW had Randy Savage in it. Don't make it good. <laughs> Don't make it good. <laughs> well, yeah. Anyway, we're not talking about Spider-Man. We, we are. Well, we are talking about <laughs> Actually, saying that, I did like the one with Batman in it when he's, he's got wings. Batman wingman. Can you believe how distracted we are considering what film we're doing today? Fletcher, could you please put down that birthday cake because it's our birthday and tell me what film we're doing today? We're doing Fast and Furious. No, we're not. We're doing The Fast and The Furious. There's a difference. So, Do you know when I lived in China, the last one came out, and I found out that in China it's called The Speed and the Passion. Oh, that's not, that's really nice. That's a good name, isn't it? Speed and the Passion. It sounds what? like a 90s cartoon. That's great, but what's this one called? Fast and Furious. No. No, the it's fast. The Fast and The Furious. Fast. Fast and Furious. The Fast and the Furious. Fast and Furious. That's what I said. No, it isn't. What did I say? Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious. Fast and Furious. That's number six. Number six. <laughs> Wait, what? That's confusing. Oh, no, we'll get it. <laughs> number six has got the same name as the first one. The fourth one is called Fast and Furious, though. It is? Yeah, it is, yeah. That's what the... F- no, the first one is called The Fast and The Furious. I can't. No, you're going to move past it. Okay, well, that's what we'll do. Before we actually start to talk about this film, I, I would like to query whether or not this is tat. You, you two have still not given me a definition, a, a concrete definition of what is tat. I want the rules of tat. We've done 52 episodes of this, and I want the rules. Listen, Mark, you're being a bit of a square right now. <laughs> We ain't going to give you the rules. We ain't going to tell you what to think. There are you no know, rules, man. That is just a state of mind. It's, it's in there. You know this. You know this, mate. Tap right, music so... is what happens when you can hear sitars, but there isn't a sitar in the room. So, so is there a restriction on budget for a tap film? Absolutely not. There's no such thing as restrictions in tap world. No, we did The Predator, Mark. That was a multi-million... Mistake. Multi-million dollar mistake, that film. And, 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 and is there any kind of restriction on whether or not someone is a legitimate Hollywood star being in being in a, in a film? Well, some films make people a star, Mark, and I think that's what we've got today. And, and, and is there any kind of restriction on 
level of acting ability. There, what are you talking about? Have you did you watch this film? This is like a masterclass. It, the acting yes, is about as good as it could be for this film. I, I agree with that. But, no, but, but that's, that's better than I was. That's better than I would envision a tat film to be. Well, the thing is, Mark, this is a journey. Yeah, it goes from stealing DVD players to Idris Elba is a robot man. I think, and he gets thrown. That they are TVs with built-in DVD players. All right, sorry. That's why they're worth so much. Okay, I stand corrected. So yeah, we're starting off with TV DVD combinations being stolen here, mate. Cut to 15 years later, The Rock and Jason Statham are fighting Idris Elba. Oh, and Idris Elba's a robot, mate. So this is the first step on that journey. You've got to, you've got to appreciate where it all comes from because when you get to episode four, it just goes mental. Right. Okay. So I love the fact that you don't know what's coming as well. I've not seen any of these films up until I watched this earlier this week. Did you enjoy it? What? Yeah, I did. Of course I did. It's great fun. But I, I just dispute whether with its budget and the fact that the actors can act and the fact that there was actually some thought and some legitimacy in the fact that they used actual street racers and, and their cars as part of the set when they had the... Uh, that the, the big car showdown and there was there was some real thought in this rather than no budget shit acting and made in the 80s well the thing is mark we don't just do bad films we do badass films as well is that right that is true because it's the it's every, let's just get into it guys because it's the fast and the furious from 2001 my version of this film i've got this on box set i own all nine of the films guys all nine of them. You gave me the first two on DVD. Yeah, they were they were spares. I've got I've got those. You gave me that you are his first his first two Batman. You gave me. Huh? I took it home. There's supposed to be three in there. Tokyo Drift is missing from that box. I got that for fifty p when I was on holiday in Whitby. Look, where's my fucking Tokyo Drift, motherfucker? Well, you don't need it yet, Fresh, because Tokyo Drift is a prequel and it doesn't happen till after part six. It's a prequel of one of the sequels. Yeah. Before the sequel come out. Yeah. No, that... Wait, that's exactly what it is. So don't worry about Are Tokyo Are we going to do all nine of these? Yeah. yeah. Mate, mate, it's going to be... One after the other. other. Have I got to watch the second one for next week? No, you've got to watch Roadhouse next week. Roadhouse? Cool. Roadhouse? That's what we're doing next week. Get the fuck... What? Patrick Swayze's coming back, though. No, we're not. Big Swayze. We're doing Roadhouse. We're doing Roadhouse next week. I'm watching that tomorrow. Yeah, you're watching it tomorrow. On your internet sex date, where you're taking drugs and watching Patrick Swayze on the, on the telly. Netflix and pills, is it? Why, why, that's what why you, you got to oust me in front of everyone? Just mad, just... Everyone's going to think I'm some kind of druggy pervert well, going around people's houses and shagging them during a pandemic. Well, well you're allowed to. It's changed from us kind of suggesting that Malachi's a druggy pervert. From out of nowhere, like fucking Randy Orton, bosh, Mark, I didn't even say anything there. He's the <laughs> one. The only one of us that can't be accused of being a druggy pervert is me, because I don't do drugs. Well, you don't do drugs, that's... Yeah. Yeah, that's... Oh, let's not. Let's, let's <laughs> not, Mark. Let's not go down that dark alleyway. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just like Mark has never said. Yeah. <laughs> he's he's sheltered, sheltered, lad, isn't he? I do worry about him sometimes. <laughs> you need to get out of it. Anyway, 
my copy of the film started with a public service announcement. Don't drive your car like a dickhead. Paul, uh, Paul Walker's there. I think it was ca- sponsored by Castrol GTX or something. <laughs> I wanted to highlight the fact that it was all kind of very altruistic. Make sure you don't kill yourself by driving like a lunatic. Sponsored by Castrol. <laughs> you can't sponsor altruism. Piss off. There you go, Paul Walker there with his crystal tips, giving everyone don't don't drive like me in this film. Crystal tips, beaming from ear to ear because you've been driving like a dickhead around Hollywood, loving it. Don't do it; it's not fun at all. Paul Walker's an attractive man. He gets better with age. He as well. does. He ages like a fine wine. He does yeah. By the time like you're up to six and seven, oh, he's like a a decent mahogany cabinet. <laughs> <laughs> he's my car daddy. Hollywood. Daytime, truck full of DVD players and TV DVD combos getting loaded into the back of this van. Fellow that's loading it, he's obviously got a side gig because he says, I've just packed up a load of DVD players in here. He said, uh, it's coming your way. Look out for a truck named Rogers. He's got Rogers on the side. Goes off driving into Hollywood, dusky LA. Three black cars approach the truck. Three black cars that are underlit by green neon. One car goes around the front, takes out the window. Another guy gets out of the car, a wire to the the cab, he climbs, jumps over like a superhero, gets in the cab, dart in the neck of the driver, goes down, sedated. Now that guy's driving the truck. Wait a sec. This is like all within Does he dart the driver in the neck? He does, yeah. He darts him, he shoots him and he goes, oh, Hang on, you're joking. No. I don't remember that. That's what he, he does. darts the driver in the neck. Shoots him with sedatives, yeah, and he passes out. <laughs> yeah. It turns out this film was always, this film franchise was always fucking ridiculous. Yeah. That's why we're here, lads. That's why we're here. The masked man takes control of the truck and he's flanked by the neon bandits. And they're smashing through fences and shit. They go narrowly avoid a men at work situation, road works. One of the cars does one of the coolest moves ever, goes under the truck to avoid the men at work situation, off into the city night. And the city night fades today. Enter Paul Walker. Paul Walker, Brian, as he's known in this film, is there in a sickeningly green car. Horrible looking thing. He's doing like donuts in a car park or something. <laughs> But yeah, he's, he's really good at driving. He's driving up and down, but he loses control of his car when he gets to 140 miles an hour. He's like, oh, if I could just get past this. The soundtrack plays Crazy Town. <laughs> so, so this film, it started being really, 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 really 90s. And then it played some Limp Biscuit when I thought it couldn't get even more 90s. I bloody loved the soundtrack on this film. Oh, mate, the lyrics to the first song that comes on, we hit the room, me and my crew. It was all cool until we saw you. (laughs) Man, that's deep, that is. Another lyric from that song. Is that a Swatch watch? Because do you know what time it is? Yeah, we know what time it is. I mean, the soundtrack to this film was a fortune alone because they're, like, burning through songs. There's there's, there's scenes in this film where the the song changes when it goes to a car, a different car. Well, yeah, within within seconds, the songs change. Like the amount of the, the soundtrack to this film must be huge. Well, in the later films, there's a pattern with the soundtrack to the cars. They get in the cars. It's techno, sort of like dance music. Yeah. Then when they go that extra bit, 
it goes to new metal, it goes to wrestling metal, doesn't it? That's a pattern that occurs, but that hasn't, we haven't come to that yet. But yeah, they've got like Jar Rules on the soundtrack. He's bloody in the film. Isn't Exhibit one in, in this film as well? He's not in this one, no. Exhibit owns the chop shop in Triple X2. Ah, uh, Triple X2, yeah, which is basically, oh no, that's the one with Ice Cube in it. Yeah, it is. That's a Vin Diesel film without Vin Diesel in it. Because well, he gets killed. Exhibit, seeing as he did Pimp My Ride, you'd think he'd be a, a, a shoe-in for this film. Yeah, they missed, a, they missed a trick there. I mean, they did, because if you've ever seen Exhibit, <laughs> they know they got off well. <clears throat> They're better off with Ludacris. Ludacris is a superior actor and rapper. Also, Lil Bow Wow is in the third one. So, Toretto's is a bar, some kind of sandwich shop, I think it is. Paul sits at the bar. Mia Toretto, behind the counter. She's a good-looking girl. Paul Walker's an attractive man. Well, imagine. Oh, it's, it's a good it's a good-looking situation all around. Mia says to Paul, Tuna on white, no crust, right? No crust? No crust, yeah. How old is he? 12. How does he get those lovely, luscious locks if he's not eating his crusts? Oh, that's a fair point, isn't it? Paul says, I don't know, how's the tuna? And she says, every day for the past three weeks, you've been coming in here and asking how the tuna is. It was bad yesterday. It was bad the day before that. And guess what? It's probably going to be bad today. And he says, all right, I'll have the tuna. (laughs) She says, no crusts. Yeah, no crusts. He sits back down. I have a question here. Right. I was thinking. I was thinking this the other day. Do you know I was watching Terminator? Yeah. I was thinking about how like unattractive Carl Reese must have actually been because he's just wearing hobo trousers. Oh, well, I think the most daring thing he did in that film was put on those pissy tramp trousers at the start. Yeah. And I, I was thinking about the Fast and Furious film and the way this starts because immediately it begins with that romantic kind of will they won't they between those two characters. Yeah. He's been eating tuna sandwiches every day. For three weeks. For three weeks. Yeah. Could you imagine how he smells? Oh, but His I'm... breath probably just is just... Just tuna mayonnaise. Yeah, it's just tuna. It's like he screeves chunks of tuna. He probably sweats brine. I, do you know, I make some really weird-ass notes for this show, but sweating brine really is quite far. A bald man sits in the back office. You see the back of his head. He looks round at Brian at the bar. He's like, oh, tuna fella's in again. Fucking tuna man's here. He gets himself a drink, a bottle of Corona, a can of Corona, guys. Because that's what Big Vinny D drinks. Well, he only drinks Corona. That's fact. That's what we drink. That's what we drink. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Corona in. Because we're family. Mm. Yeah. He dead eyes Paul and he sits back down. I'm drinking Vimto. I'm drinking Vimto. That's why you're not in our street gang. Is that right? I bet you've got sleeves on as well, Mark. I, I, I have short sleeves. Oh, that's well. So Paul finally gets his tuna sandwich, but as he's getting it, a load of cars pull up outside. <laughs> Michelle, like, the, the cars pull up outside, they're all getting out. This is the car gang, the introduction to the car gang. Michelle Rodriguez gets out. She's wearing new rocks with fire on it because it's 2001. And everyone yeah. wore new rocks with fire on it. Oh my god! So many people wore that. Yeah, new they rocks are cool. They're still cool. Don't care. Still like new rocks. Would you wear a pen? Totes. The flaming ones. No. No. <laughs> so there's, there's a line. line. Yeah, not the yeah, not the little kind of tasteful like little boots that you can get. I'm talking about the massive metal plated flaming ones. No. <laughs> so. They all get out of the cars and they all start talking car jargon. 
they just everything they talk is like proper car jargon. Vince is one of the bad lads in the crew. He's got sleeveless. He's got he's got beard. He is perpetually sleeveless. Perpetually sleeveless. This man don't put sleeves on. He looks up and he sees because he's sweet on the scene, and he sees Paul Paul Walker in there eating a tuna sandwich, and he says, "What's up with this fool? Is he is he sandwich crazy?" Vince doesn't like it, and he's like. His mate says, no, he's been coming here for three weeks. He's, he's trying to get it on. He's trying to get in Mia's pants, dog, is what they say. Exactly like that, yes. Yeah. Michelle Rodriguez says, don't worry about it. He's just slinging parts for Harry, which means, in this film, he's got a job down the car shop for Harry. Do you know what I love about the, uh, the jargon? It's like they've taken the, uh, they've taken the 90s hacker jargon from films. And turned it into cars. Where they're just talking shite, and you don't know what the fuck they're talking about. And they've made it about cops. Yeah, that's exactly what they're doing. Brilliant. It's like hackers. Vince comes into the bar and he like chucks the sugar off the table on the bar. He pushes it at Paul Walker and he's like looking at him eating his tuna sandwich, looking at his crystal tips, staring into his beautiful eyes. And he eats his sandwich <laughs> and, he goes, right. and he goes, right, I'm going. I'll see you tomorrow. I'll see you tomorrow, Mia. Vince is fucking pure. He's like, I'm not having this. He follows him out and he says, uh, we'll see you tomorrow. And he says, he says, oh, hey. God, no. This is what he says. He says, hey, try a fat burger from now on. You can get yourself a double cheese with fries for two ninety five. He does call him a faggot. Which he is does. unfortunate. But he is a bad lad. And he says, no, I like the tuna here. And he says, bullshit. Nobody likes the tuna here. <laughs> so going back to the, the, the usage of that unpleasant word, I've never understood why when someone who feels threatened by an attractive man talking to the girl they likes uses the word faggot, surely the fact that this man is, 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 is quite fond of an attractive woman suggests that he's at least bi. Well, he's <laughs> he's just a bit stupid, isn't he? Not only is he homophobic, he's dumb. So Mia sees this fight going on outside and she says, Tom, there's a fight going on outside. I'm sick of it. People are always fighting. And he's there. He's there. He's been there the whole time. He sat with his back to it, stands up, ladies and gentlemen, Vin Diesel, welcome to the Tattyverse. What's the first thing he says to Mia? What the fuck did you put in that sandwich? The first 10 minutes of this film is heavily sandwich based. <laughs> Everyone is just asking about them tuna sandwiches. Everyone about them sandwiches, yeah. And it all kicks off. He goes outside and he splits up the fight. He tells Vince, you're an embarrassment, bro. You shouldn't be wearing sleeveless out here acting like that. He takes <laughs> he, he takes the wallet off Brian and he, he checks it and he says, Brian Earl Spillner. You sound like a That's a serial killer now. You're not a serial killer, are you? He says, no. No, it's all right. No, totally not. He says, don't you come around here again, Brian. You're causing trouble. He says, hey, man, this is bullshit. He says, you work for Harry, don't you? Shifting parts or whatever she said. He says, yeah. He says, not anymore. Bam, you're gone. That's where I get me bits from. Now, he works for Harry at a shop called The Racer's Edge. The Racer's Edge. Like a, the razor. The Racer's Edge. The Racer's And there's a car on the edge of his shop. The race, Racer's Edge. Yeah. It's a pun, Malachi. A pun. Brian's boss is really pissed off because Don's been on the phone. And he says, Brian, for fuck's sake, he says, when Don races, the kids pour in here and they want everything. Every piece of performance part that he has. And they pay cash. Cold, hard cash. He says, what did you say to him? He said, he wants you out of here. He wants you gone. But I told him you were good people and you can stay. While they're having this conversation, Brian is looking at a wall covered in posters to something that is probably the most pinnacle and important thing in this whole saga. 
Nos, ladies and gentlemen. He's looking at Nos. And he turns to her and he says, I need some Nos. I'm trying to improve my horrible... He's trying to improve his horrible green curry. So they only got to 140 miles an hour last night and I need to top it out. How so is this, is this real? So obviously the product placement like Castrol at the start and Snapple and Corona and all the other stuff. Is Nos an actual thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just not very good when it comes to car knowledge. As pretty as all these cars are, that's it. I couldn't tell you any of the models, any of the makes, any of the stuff going on inside them. That one is pretty. That one's got a slightly bigger spoiler than that one. That one is also pretty. That one goes dead fast. Bright green one. I like the bright green one. But anyway, Harry's like, amateurs. It's neon. Yeah. Amateurs. Yes, actually. Yes. Because amateurs don't use NOS. He says, you're too heavy with your feet, you idiot. You blow yourself to pieces. Brian says, I want two big tanks of NOS, and I need them by tonight, because tonight is race night. Cars and girls gather in the streets. It's all shiny trousers and hood popping from this bit. There's a lot of side boob. There's a lot of equipment on show. This is the bit where the uh, the song in the scene just changes repeatedly. Well, it's Ja Rule song that goes fast and the furious, and Ja Rule's actually in the scene. Uh, Brian turns up in his big, big green car. Ja Rule. Ja Rule. Ja Rule is like if you ask your nan to go to the shop and get you uh, DMX. She and she's like, ja this is what you meant, isn't it? And she gets you Ja Rule. No, no. Thanks, though. Thanks. Thanks, man. Brian turns up in his big horrible car. He meets Hector, the Mexican racer. And Brian, he says, I'm waiting for Toretto. And here he is with his gang, his car gang. The crew, as it were. The lady gets... Uh, Don gets out of the car. Everybody fucking loves Don. The ladies love Don. He's a folk hero. He's a folk hero. He's like the lead... He's literally the leader of the family. And he's like, right, this is the deal tonight, guys. One race, two G buy-in, winner takes all. Brian goes... I haven't got any money, but I've got this fucking horrible green car. This is my pink slip, so I'm putting my car on. He's like, Phew. everyone's like, really? That's the first time you've been here, Brian. But uh, Dom goes for it. He says, yeah, we'll do it. He says, if I lose, the winner takes my car, clean and clear. But if I win, I take the cash and I take the respect. That's how he gets in, because Dom's, Dom's like, hang on, respect, family, bro nod. Get in your car. Mate, you could hold a door open for uh, Dominic Toretto and then he'll, you, you'll be at barbecues for life. That's it. You'll be there drinking Corona. Yeah. He'll call you up in the middle of the night though, and make you fight Kurt Russell. <laughs> anyway. So can I... Right. I mean, I, I realise that America is a frightening, lawless, gun-filled country. But at the moment, Mark, at the moment. I mean, I, I also mean in general. But oh, it's so... This level of illegalness is so large scale that it strikes me that America, if, if these things actually really happen or similar things really happen, the country is essentially anarchy. Well, it's OK because they've got lookouts, Mark. They've got lookouts that are, they, they, they block the road. Before, before they start the race, they have a look under the hood of Paul Walker's car. Jar Rule says he's got enough, enough noz in there to blow himself up. Amateurs don't use NOS, mate. Same thing as Harry. But yeah, the, the whole police situation, they've got it sorted, mate. They've got people doing roadblocks. They block off the pizza man. And then... You know the pizza off... man was the director, don't you? I do. That's... Yeah, that's... Yeah. Oh, you've, oh, you've interrupted <laughs> him as he was going to say something. Oh, no, Mark. 
Yeah, yeah, I do much. That's it now. That's That's it. It. He's going to be off with you now. But yeah, it says to the director, street clothes, pizza boy, and he says, goddamn street racers. <laughs> but the reason the police car get there is because there's been a murder, basically, it turns out. There's a murder? Yeah, there's, been... there's a murder. Like, they're on the radio, like, there's a 187, everyone, everyone needs to go here. And he's like, oh, perfect, we can race. Yeah. Someone's been killed. Someone's been killed, so let's get the race on. Which is what they do. Hector starts the race. Well, no, before they start the race, you get everyone getting the cars ready. You've got you've got Paul Walker checking his nods. He's got a lot of nods. But then you see Vin Diesel's car. He's got a seat full of nods. Everyone's got a lot of nods. Go over to Jar Rule's car. He's checking his car. And a girl comes over and says, grabs his hands, puts his hands on her boobies and says, you see these, Jar Rule? These are yours, whether you win or lose. But if you win, I'll have a three-way with you with that girl over there. So, you know, there's his incentive for the win in the race. Yeah, everyone's getting the car ready. Apart from the Japanese kid, he's playing Gran Turismo on PlayStation in this car because he's Japanese. <laughs> Gran Turismo. I, I used to love the old Gran Turismo. Mm. Mm. So, yeah, it was a race... fun joke. I, I didn't clock that. Now you've said it, the Japanese guy, because he's Japanese, but I didn't clock it. I just thought that it was quite a fun joke that they got all these serious racers and one of them was playing quite meta, you know, was playing a, a, a racing game in his car. But now you've said it, it is a little bit racist, isn't it? <laughs> I quite liked that joke until you pointed out it was racist and now I feel guilty about accidentally <laughs> liking racism. Bugger. Uh, well, Mark's white guilt is doing backflips right now. The race starts and fire comes out the back of every single car in that race. It's like they're up, they're like the 60s Batmobile. <laughs> out the back. <laughs> the race starts. Dom is winning. The Japanese guy is like, damn, this guy's fast. He fucking is. But then Paul, he's neck and neck with him and he goes, bam, one nose. Oh my God, he's going super, super fast. The cars are starting to bend space and time. Paul's going so fast that his computer on the side of it is warning Will Robinson, it's breaking up, it's breaking up. And he hits the second nose and all the screws fall out of his car and, and the, the floor falls out. Then Dom hits his nose. Brian loses control of his car because it's too much nose. Amateurs shouldn't use nose. He loses the race and he loses his car and there's no three-way for Jar Rule. Do you know what the interesting thing is about them races? Yeah. Is... So they're, they're all around when they hit the knots. Yeah. So if you hit it too early, you get that boost in front, but then you've got the guy behind you still got his. The thing is about is it gives it a, almost quality like a Western. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Who's, who's going to pull first? There's like that tension between yeah. who's going to hit it first. It, it, it gives it this kind of Wild West showdown feel. After the race is over, like I say, Dom wins the Call 2G. He gives it to his sister, Mia, lady from the bar, tuna lady from the bar. Paul Walker's like, dude, he almost has it. And then Dom sasses Brian in front of everyone and the crowd look because Dom's the man. He says, it doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Winning is winning. And as he's saying, cops, cops scatter. They're done with the murder. Yeah, murder's finished. They've cleaned it up. And go and score out the street racing. So yeah, cops, we gotta go, cops, 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 go, go, go. Everyone scatters. Then we get the police chase, where Dom, he hides his car in a car park and then comes back down, shakily. It's just casual. But the policeman, obviously, they know who he is. He's fucking Toretto, so straight over the megaphone, Toretto! <laughs> and they follow him. They chase him on foot, but he gets picked up by Paul Walker. And Paul Walker can drive like an absolute, absolute fucking machine. He's silky. 
silky smooth. It's as smooth and silky as his hair. Yeah, as his crystal yeah. tips. When Vin Diesel gets in his car, yeah, does he end up being a bit like the Flintstones? Because there's no does he help with his feet a bit to make it faster? Dominic Toretto is so superhuman. He can actually, uh, he doesn't have knots. He just puts his feet down, he runs. That's it, yeah. When he gets in the car, he says, you're, you're, you're the last guy I expect, expected to help me out here, Brian. He says, I feel like if I helped you out, I've got in your good books, you wouldn't take me car. He said, I am in your good books, but I'm still having your fucking car. He says, how did you learn to drive like this? What are you, a wheel man? Well, it's a little bit of game trivia there, isn't there, Fletch? Oh, yeah. Um, after the Fast and Furious films, there was a game called Wheelman. Who played the Wheelman? Vin Diesel. There we go. He says, you Wheelman, you boost cars. He's like, no, I don't do anything about that. And he says, what about the four months you did in juvie? Turns out, he's got Jesse, the uh, the nerd guy, to go through clicky-placky on the internet. He's like, you can find any information on the web. You've got to remember, it's, it's 2001. <laughs> that did amuse me immensely. Yeah. I'm like, well, 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 that. yes, yes, you can. Hearing you talk about computers and going on the internet and stuff is excruciating. Well, that's what it's like, mate. That's what it's like. That's <laughs> what it's like. So they're getting to know each other. Like you say, Fletcher's saying, you only have to open the door for Vin Diesel and then you're at his wedding. It's Christmas Day before you know it, you're having turkey. <laughs> Do you know what? I bet that's what Christmas is like as well with the Vin Diesel crew. I bet everyone has to go around and all sit around the table whilst Vin Diesel's there with his little jaunty hat and his sweater <laughs> just cutting the turkey. I, it would be, wouldn't it? Yeah. While they're getting to know each other in the car, though, he's like, oh, shit, Paul. Motorbike street punks. Oh, fuck's sake. They come over, it winds the window down, taps a... Follow us to the Chinese restaurant. So they do. They follow these uh, motorbike punks to the Chinese restaurant. They get out and they're like, hey, is this your horrible green car? I really like your ride. This, ladies and gentlemen, is Johnny Tram. And he's uh, his cousin Lance. You can tell it's Lance because he's got snakeskin trousers and he's always got a gun pointing at your face. And he comes out and they say, Toretto. He's like, Toretto, I thought we had a deal. You don't shoot your face in my part of town. I don't shoot my face in your part of town. Toretto's like, that's just a mistake. Don't worry about it. We didn't mean to. We, you know, my new mechanic. He doesn't know. He doesn't know where he's going. He's like, yeah, make sure this doesn't happen again. We're bad lads. So they get in the car, drive away, and they're like, what was all that about? Paul Walker says, oh, it's just about some sheep. Really shady business that went down. I don't really want to talk about it. It's like, well, we might have to talk about it soon. As they're getting in the car to go away, the motorbike punks come back with machine guns. And they blow up the car, and the blow ex- the, the car explodes in a green neon fire of noz. And uh, yeah, so it's all about business that went bad, business that went awry. And he didn't, he's like, no, I'm not going to tell you about it now. Come back to my house. There's loads of girls at my house for having a party. I can see why you kind of class this as tat, despite its budget, because uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of the party, they get a taxi back to Dom's house where the party is in full swing. There are girls absolutely everywhere. The, the girl- stuff happening at this party is so ridiculous. Everyone in there is so ridiculous. What about Vince? He's been. What's, what's Vince doing while he's up? Vince is sat. So they've got some. They've got some with, banging, with techno, banging techno play. And in the corner is Vince with a, a Zach Wilde Les Paul. Yeah. With the, the, the proper Zach Wilde one, the black and white spiral on it, 
and he's playing along with it. And he's just <laughs> strumming slowly in the corner. To impress this girl that's like dancing like a stripper in front of him. <laughs> I mean, when I was a kid and used to see party scenes in films, I was like, I cannot wait to go to a party. I mean, this thing, if I'd have seen this, I'd have gone, oh, I need a fast car. I need to go somewhere like that. But parties are seldom like this. I've never been to a party like this in my life, but this is just like what they do when they've been racing. <laughs> so one thing I did spot during this party that made me smile is that um, Paul Walker was given a, a bottle of Corona and yeah. the girl he was chatting to had a bottle of Corona. And then they only had one bottle of Corona and they switched to Snapple. Uh, did they? Why did they switch to Snapple? I didn't even notice that. Oh no, Corona must have been furious. Oh my word. But yeah, he, he doesn't just drink a Corona, Mark. He drinks Paul a Snapple. He goes in and takes Vince's Corona off him for not staying and helping him out. And he gives it to Brian. And he says, you can have any brew you want as long as it's a Corona. And he gives him Vince's spitty beer. <laughs> <laughs> and then he has a Snapple. And then, and, then, and, then he, and then he looks at Vince what, and he what? takes his t-shirt and wipes his horrible Vince spit off like, ugh, yeah, ugh, Vince, ugh, Vince spit. Vince Lurgy. <laughs> yeah, that, that, was a, that was a splendid diss, that, that was. was. That was a power move. And Vince just stares daggers at him. And you know what? The fact that he goes up and takes his beer off him and gives it to someone else as this kind of power play. Yeah. The only other films where you see stuff like that is Quentin Tarantino. But Vince is like, when he talks, he's like, I have to get out of this, this is orchestrated, something's going on here, is what he says to Dom. And Dom's like, shut your mouth. That guy saved me. That's why he's drinking your spitty beer now. Michelle Rodriguez comes over and just says, let's go upstairs, Vin Diesel. I'll give you a massage. And then Vin Diesel goes upstairs and he says, hey, Brian, don't forget, you owe me a 10-second car. And then Brian's just left in the party with all these people who fucking ate him while he's gone upstairs to diddle <laughs> his wife. Yeah, what did you think was going to happen there? Yeah. Next day, shit, guys, Brian's driving around, gets pulled over by the police, the cops, shit, they hang a handcuff him. And they take him to a really swanky hideout. And he says, all right, guys, enough of the... Hang on, guys. Paul Walker's a cop. He's working undercover. It turns out he's... The cops have t- and the FBI have taken over this swanky Hollywood pad with a nice little pool with a bridge on it. And he's like, yeah, this is a nice place. I like it. I like what you've done here, Sarge, or whatever. Brian's a cop. They're pissed off because that car, that green horrible car was $80,000 and he's just ruined it. He's a wise-ass maverick cop. It's his own rules, etc. But these cops, what do they drink, Fletch? These cops. Bearing in mind, the people, they're drinking Corona like it's water, like it's the land of milk and honey, but it's Corona, yeah? What do the pussy-ass cops drink? They drink decaf coffees. They drink like, they drink like ice fraps with cream and stuff on, don't they? They drink four decaf iced cappuccinos. Ooh, 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 do you want a biscuit with it, Sarge? Oh, well, I have biscuits. I'd totally have a bit. I wouldn't have the coffee, but I'd have a biscuit. Coffee would send you over the edge, Mark. Coffee tastes like dirt and disappointment. I'll have a Coca-Cola. Oh, we know. Like, oh, I did watch quite a lot of Mac and Me as a child. Well, you're in, well, your blood will be oh. mainly tomato sauce and uh, Skittles then by now. 
Mac and me. Mac and me. Don't talk about Mac and me. I'm still. Fletch hates Mac and me because what is the most popular episode we've ever done? And it's Mac and me. And we just ordered a takeaway and talk shit for that episode. Mac and me was. was, it was I, I, I loved doing Mac and me. Do you know it's the most popular thing we've ever done? Twice over. Yeah. Why the fuck do you people love Mac and me so much? It's a classic. It's a classic. <laughs> Anyway, guys, we should do more kids' films, more tat, kid tat films. We should do that. We will. We've got a few on there. A few coming up. My Magic Dog. My Magic Dog. My Magic Dog. Oh, my God. I just remembered that. Yeah. Oh, no. We are. We're doing that. But not now, because some... Shut up about the dogs, the Magic Dogs, because someone's nicked six million pounds worth, six million dollars worth of DVD, TV combos, the sort of thing you now has in Caravan... I've got one. Okay. I've been up one in like the year 2000 when this was set, but it does very much date it, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, Brian's the Brian's the man on the inside. He's the undercover wheel man. If he can crack this case, he's going to get detected. Now the police, they know it's down to the tires. It's got some something to do with somebody in the street racing world. We've checked the tires. They're these crazy Japanese tires. You need to go around. Brian says, I'm going to get them to tell me who's popping these trucks. I'm going to get Dom to tell me. It's only a matter of time. Then the FBI man says, if you want time, find a magazine. Because I haven't got any time. Time magazine. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Ah. And that's it. Ah. And Clever. So, by, the way, by, by the way, Vin Diesel, he did a couple of years for beating a man up with a wrench a couple of years ago. Just bear that in mind, Brian. Bear that in mind. And this is where the, uh, the policeman says to him, be careful with Vin Diesel. He's got nitrous oxide in his blood and a gas tank for a brain. Now, brain. <laughs> <laughs> I love things like that. This is why I love films so much, because it's just a heightened sense of reality where people say ridiculous things like that. Brian manages to get in. Do you know how he manages to get into Vin Diesel's good books? With a good project. Who can... Who can like, resist. Any good man resist doing anything up. A good project. A project for the lads. Turns up with a wrecked car. He's like, what the fuck is that? This total wreck. And he's like, have a look inside it. It's a wonder machine. Vin Diesel says, I'm sorry, I said that was a wreck. This is going to be, we're going to bond over this. We're going to bond over this car, you and me. Right, here's the thing. I did mention I'm not very good with cars. All these yeah. engines look the same to me should i see differences in these engines should i be able to spot what the good bits are i don't know because that, the thing is they're just saying words about cars that i don't understand in this all the way through it it's just jargon mark right but is it jargon that people what do know shit about cars would actually understand and would make sense or is it is or is it the equivalent of um We'll neutralise, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll polarise the neutron flow or whatever. I think it's exactly the same as that. It's like 90s hacking, isn't it? Put it in car terms. It's quite clever, Brian, because no one, no one can resist a project. So he's in, he's in straight away. Vin Diesel tells him, he says, we'll get this car ready. We need to get you, I need to get you racing. I need to get you making some money for me. There's a race in the desert in a couple of weeks. The race is called Race Wars, unfortunately. Uh, Wars. <laughs> yeah. Race wars, but I love the innocence of it. They didn't even know. They didn't notice. Yeah, what I love about that is someone would have wrote that, wrote the word race wars, yeah, and then given it to someone else. They would have read the word race wars and then handed it over to someone else, 
and then they made the scripts and basically what I'm saying is several people would have read the word race wars on that in the making of this film and it would have passed by them. Yeah. The, the, the only other instance I can think of that is as bad as this is in the last Airbender, where that surely, surely they must have had one British person working on that film, and surely that British person, when every other word they were calling each other benders, surely that British person lolled, and surely that British person piped up and said, "You should probably change that because it'll sound really dumb in Britain." Yeah. I've not seen that. So, is that like, are they calling each other benders for the whole thing? They are all benders. They're airbenders and firebenders and waterbenders, and they all keep calling each other benders. And I couldn't take the film seriously because every, every, every time I was starting to calm down, someone else called someone a bender. <laughs> Have you not seen that film? No. <laughs> it's worth it just to laugh at everyone calling each other a bender. <laughs> I love it because. Because it's it's basically like a it's basically like a martial art, isn't it? Yeah. But like a, with superpowers. So the fact that you would have people who are stronger benders than other ones, that oh, is yeah. a more powerful bender than you could ever imagine. Oh no, there's definitely that line, or very close to that line in the film. It, the, the, you know, they they argue over who is the most powerful bender. <laughs> <laughs> so. The only time I've seen it worse than this race wars horrible faux pas is when everyone in The Last Airbender was a bender. Actually, I've just thought of another one. The BBC um, Halloween made-for-TV film called Ghost Watch. Do you remember that? That was brilliant. That was brilliant. Do you remember what they called the cupboard under the stairs where the ghost was? No. The glory hole. (laughs) It and... They brought all these shiny carpets that we don't understand. They're all laid out. And uh, Jesse, probably enough speaking of uh, ghost shows, Jesse, the computer man who designs the cars, he went on after this film to uh, do a ghost adventure style TV programme where he just goes wandering around warehouses shitting himself up. This uh, scene as well is very important because, ladies and gentlemen, this is the first barbecue of the Fast Saga. And as we know, Fast and Furious is all about family. It's all about barbecues. Everyone is there, but Vince is still pissed off at Brian. So he does some wheel spins in a Mardi and goes off from the barbecue. You got chicken wings. You got family. You got Michelle Rodriguez in shiny trousers tending to the grill. You got Corona, a lot of Corona. And they say grace, but when they say grace, Jesse says a prayer to the car gods and uh, asks for more Nas from, from God. And they all say, Amen. That was fun, but I want to go back to the wheel spin. Having wheel spun a car by mistake, I can confirm that every time you wheel spin, you need a new set of tyres, and they never replace their tyres, despite the number of wheel spins. Have you watched any film with cars in it ever? Well, it just strikes me as a very expensive tantrum to come back five minutes be- five minutes later begging for chicken. Yeah, but the blokes, uh, the blokes at a party playing at Zach Wilde, Les Paul, those things are fucking Yeah, expensive. that doesn't mean nothing to it. This man does not understand the value of a dollar. <laughs> well, he's still sweet on Mia. Later that night, Brian and Mia, they're doing the washing up. They're get to getting on like a house on fire. He says, can I take you for a drink? And she says, I don't date my, bro- my brother's mates. And he says, oh, that's unfortunate. I'm going to have to fall out of him then. <laughs> she said, don't do that. 
she says, I'd pay to see anyone fight him. Technically, he will never lose because Vin Diesel actually has it in his contract that he can't lose a fight. Is that actually true? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's some Hulk Hogan shit. Yeah. Brilliant. Vin Diesel will never lose in a film. So, impossible, Brian. Keep wishing, because it ain't going to happen. Vince comes in and he's like, trying talking about the popcorn. And he goes, ah, you're doing the pots, Brian. After you've done that, wash me car. Me is like, what was that? posh restaurant you, you wanted to take me to horrible things and he went oh cha cha chas and then she turns around and invites Brian to cha cha chas instead the shade of it bit of sass Ooh. now Hector goes to see <laughs> and then Vince gets so mad beats up the microwave and storms yeah he tells, tells the people watching the action film you can't have any popcorn because because I've just beat up the microwave the microwave Hector goes to see Brian at the shop. He says, hook me up with three of everything. And Brian's like, hang on a minute, three of everything? He says, yeah, I'm going to do it up below the Honda Civics. Okay. I know that name. I know that car name. I've had a Honda Civic. Brian goes into their garage and he's looking around. He checks the tyres. He's like, these aren't the ones. These are the ones that uh, the cops were talking about. So he sneaks back out. As he gets back out, oh, smash to the back of the head. It's Vince. He's drags, drags him into another garage. Him and Vin Diesel are like, oh, he's a fucking cop, Vin Diesel, I'm telling you. And Vin Diesel says, look, this is a point now when you want to tell me the truth, Paul Walker. But he blags it, he totally blags it. He says, oh, I was checking, I was at work, and the Hector said they'd got, they're doing three Honda Civics and they're going to use them, they're going to use them in the race, in the race wars, race in the desert. And he says, so what are you going to do? Go around checking all the garages? And he goes, yeah, yeah, I am. But Vin Diesel... He believes him because Paul Walker lies to his face. Vinny says, he's a cop, he is. He says, tell me now. Lies to his face. Lies in the eyes of Big Vinny D. He, he does. No. Terrible stuff. Naughty that, innit? Yeah. Oh, yeah, after that, he says, let's me and you go for a while. A drive. Now, Paul Walker's shitting it. And the drive is breaking into Johnny, Johnny Transshot. There's no engines in any of the cars. I don't really get this bit. Why isn't there any engines in any of the cars? Is that just general street gang business going on? But while Paul Walker's there, he notices piles and piles of DVD combo TVs. In there, he's like, that's it. It's Johnny. Johnny Bad Lad. It's not Vin Diesel. It's these bad, these bad folk. And while they're in the garage, they come back. They come back and they see them torturing a man. And they go, where are all the engines? There's no engines in these cars. And they're like, oh, they're in my warehouse. And they make the man drink oil and kiss his shoes. Oh, yeah, that's horrible. Mm. It seems really out of place and how yeah. dark it is. Because that guy's never in it ever again. Just some guy called Ted that they push around. They're like, hey, Ted. Yeah, there's my engines. Horrible. The FBI is getting restless, but Brian, he needs hard, ev- hard evidence that it's Johnny Tran. He's like, I've seen it with my own eyes last night. The FBI is getting worried because the truckers are getting pissed off. He's worried about vigilante justice. Vigilante mayhem, he says. These truckers are going to, they're going to fuck them up. Brian is sure that it's not Doc. It's not Dom. It can't be Vin Diesel. He wouldn't do it. I mean, I was there at the garage. I mean, it could be Vince, but he's a fucking idiot, is what he says. Policeman says, maybe, maybe it's me and that, that girl, she's clouding your vision. And he's like, what did you fucking say? What did you say to me, Mr. Policeman? He says, I don't blame you. I'd get off on her surveillance photos as well. Horrible man. That's not a very nice man, is he? He's not a very nice man, but he's a policeman. Well, yeah, the cops aren't. The cops aren't very nice in this. No. That's, that's an interesting thing about this film, because essentially what Fast and the Furious is, is 
Universal's superhero franchise. Not yet, but it does eventually become that, yes. Yeah, yeah. But it's, it, it's essentially Universal's answer to Marvel, isn't it? In this, uh, in this current climate where we're just... We're re-looking over a lot of the films that we've uh, that we've loved over the years, and you can. The term "copaganda" has been uh, has been going around recently. Just how much all of these films really glorify the police in America, and make that whole kind of warlike attitude that they have more glorious. And this film is one of the few mainstream films that, if you look at it. What they do is they have moral superiority over the police. Dominic Toretto kind of acts like a community leader. Mm-hmm. And when you see him race against people, I mean, he does it initially with Paul Walker and he does it later on in the franchise as well. Instead of defeating people, he instead earns their respect. That's like I was saying, that's about the beginning, isn't it? He is like what the police should be. Hmm. But he works outside of the police. He's a member of. He's a civilian. Yeah. Now I'm just saying. So basically, what I was I'm saying is that the Fast and Furious franchise is morally superior to all of the other action franchises, including Marvel, that are out at the moment. Yeah. Well, I mean, that is that's a well thought out argument, and, and I like it. So I'm not going to argue with it. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So. I think what what I will say is I will add to it. You've already mentioned that he shows Paul Walker the the brutal images of what Vin Diesel has done, but it goes into detail shortly, just before where you're about to get to, actually, Malachi. It gives you very much a background into the reason and legitimate remorse that maybe it wouldn't give you in another film. So I I think you're right about... Almost a neutrality when it comes to fleshing out characters and their backgrounds and not just making them a a stereotype or a a simple this guy's a goodie, this guy's a baddie. I, th- I think it was really, really, Im- it really impressed me, actually. There's a lot of tack going on. The, the cars I don't understand and racing and Corona. and But the fact that they put some real effort into humanising the backstory of a criminal... Really impressed me. As you say, Mark, that is the next scene that we get to because Dom takes Brian to see his dad's car, his dad's stock car. 900 horses of Detroit muscle. It's a beast. Guys, it's a beast. But Dom's never driven it because he's scared of it. The reason he's scared of it is because his dad died in the race. He was killed by another racer knocking him to one side, a man called Kenny, an evil man. And he said, I watched my dad burn. You see another side to Dom here, as, as Mom was saying. Said the man that killed his father is the man he went to prison for beating. Because then he seen him afterwards, and he said he beat him up, and he got banned from the tracks for life. But that crushed Dom because he was a racer, and he says since that moment I live my life a quarter mile at a time. For those ten seconds or less, I'm free. So yeah, oh. it turns out he went to prison first just for beating a man, but he beat that man because he killed his father. That is, you know, it really is just a point break of cars, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. Is this a bad thing, Hollywood Fletch? No, it's not. Yeah. No, but there's less Swayze and Anthony Kiedis. No, yeah, yeah. I forgot Anthony Kiedis. Yeah. <laughs> oh. That's one of the street puns. 
Red Hot Chili Peppers play street punks a lot, don't they? Oh, Needles. They were always street punks. Flea, Flea was always a street punk in a film. Yeah, Flea would never be in anything unless it was a street punk. Mm. He's in Fear and Loathing as in he's in Fear and Loathing in the toilets. Yeah, as, a, as an acid street as a dirty hippie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somebody's out on the streets robbing trucks again with these neon cars. I don't know who they belong belong to. And uh, Dom's like, I think it's it, Johnny Tran. Johnny Tran. He gets a phone call. He's been woken up because he's been out that night for a meal with Mia to Cha Cha Chas. They went, in the end, the recommendation. It was on TripAdvisor. It was good. Cha Cha Cha. Two restaurants. Yeah. Well, it turns out Mia, fucking brilliant at driving as well. Of course she is. Dom's sister. At this point, I noticed that Brian lives in the shop that he, that he works in because the phone rings in the middle of the night. He wakes up and he's, he lives in the shop for Mia. And they're like, we're going to go and bust Johnny. His family, he's, he's having dinner with his dad. We're going to, but do you want to come with us? And he goes, yeah, I'll come and I've got a mask on. Bust the fucker. <laughs> and that's what he does. Metal plays here at this point. Is it Power Man 2000, 3000? Power Man 5000. I don't know. Power you mean Man Rob Zombie's it? brother? The lead singer is Spider Zombie, who is Rob Zombie's brother. Oh, and they had that one hit, didn't they? Um, Worlds Collide. Yeah, yeah. I'm not Power, sure. Power, Power, Man, Power Man 3000, isn't it? I think it's 3,000, yeah. 3,000, yeah. It's Power Man 5,000, I think. Yeah. They did, because they they did two. They did Worlds Collide, which was in all of the films in the early 2000s, mm. and also Bombshell, which was in a lot of films, and it was the Dudley Boys theme song as well for a while. <laughs> so it was. Yeah. The lead singer is, is Spider Zombie, uh, Rob Zombie's brother. Spider Zombie. I suspect that that isn't his real name. I know, but just could you imagine? I, I'm too self-aware to walk around calling myself Spider Zombie. It really takes a different breed of person to uh, be in a band like Outman 5000. It does, yeah. I mean, the, cop, the cops raid the tribe family at dinner and Johnny's dad is really pissed off with the dishonor. He slaps Johnny in the face. He's like, you little bastard. This is what you get for being a motorbike pirate. You'll get arrested at dinner. But back at the office, back at the hideout, FBI guys is like, so all those DVD players that you, they, they bought them legally, apparently. They bought them? Yeah, they bought them. Yeah, fathers, fathers bailed them out. There was a few speeding tickets. That's it. And the FBI guy, he blames Brian for the fuck up. He says, if this is the kind of detective work that you do, how are you going to be a detective? Get out, Crystal Tips. And he says, look, I just need... I need more time. And the FBI says, the FBI man says, I don't care if you have to put a gun to someone's head and blow your cover to smithereens. When anyone's, I think that's the first time someone said smithereens in a tap film we've done. <laughs> you don't hear that word anymore, do you? Smithereens so, is a good word, though. It says you've got 36 hours, 36 hours to crack this bastard. Now, the cop thinks it's Toretto behind it all, but Brian's having none of it. The policeman says to him, there's all types of family, Brian. This is your time to choose. Now, Brian's car is ready. It's ready with the, with, with love and teamwork. It's, bre- it's ready for race wars, ready for the desert. So they take it for a drive out and they race some... He looks like an 80s cocaine douche. He's in a, he says, oh, a nice car. How much did that cost? He says, you can afford it, pal. It's a Ferrari. Don turns around and says, smoke him. And they race him in the street. Oh, this is when Saliva plays. Yeah. <laughs> You're just a superstar! Yes! 
wrestling metal at its best. Saliva are one of the quintessential wrestling metal bands. They are, yeah. They're up there with that one. I mean, it has to sound a bit like a train moving. They, they did a WrestleMania. I bet they did, yeah. Yeah. They came out and played live. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. Saliva are like... Oh, Drowning Pool played the same year. Are they as well? They had the DCW thing, didn't they? Oh, wow. Brock Zombie is the wrestling metal king. Man. He is. <laughs> he is. Brian, Brian and Dom go for a meal. And Brian now, his police, his police work's got like worn out. He's just going, oh, you're doing anything criminal because I want to get involved in that. <laughs> and he's like, what are you saying? <laughs> he does it. Is that how you infiltrate a game? Just go and stand next to them loudly like, boy, I'd really like to do some crime right now. If only there was an organised group of people yeah. I could join and do yeah. it with. And Dom says, he hands him a bit of paper. He says, what's this? He thinks, yeah, I'm in. This is a note about crime. But it's directions to the desert, to race war. Because Dom says, we'll see how you get on in race war. And then we might use you for Nicky DVD players. <laughs> it's time for race war, ladies and gentlemen. We're in the desert. It's a massive race course. There's Xbox-style music playing everywhere. Girls, cars, fast, faster. People popping hoods. A wet t-shirt competition. The boobs for a brief second in this film. Brian gets met by security. Did you know anybody notice who the security guard was? No. It's the guy that plays E Honda in Street Fighter the movie. Fuck off. The, the, the river yeah. of tats. Yeah, the river of tat mark, that's it. Michelle Rodriguez is there. Some guy's trying to race her. He sass it, sass it, wins another cool 2G. Maybe, I think in this world, you just race for 2G. It's always for two grand every, every race. Jesse the Ghostbusters there, and he gets into a race with Johnny. And he's going, I've got no money, but I've got the pink slip. And Brian's like, don't race him. He's the fucking leader of the baddies. He's like the king <laughs> of the baddies. He's like, no, it'll be fine. Uh, obviously, it's not fine. He loses the race, but he just drives off into the distance. <laughs> he has a panic attack and just drives... It just doesn't come back. Johnny, furious, he wants his car. He goes up to see Toretto. He's like, where's your mate going? He says, oh, I've gone to get the car washed. Sasses him. Shouldn't do that. He says, I know one of you people knocked on me. I was having Sunday dinner. It was bloody lovely. And then the police came in and busted us. And I tell you what, Vin Diesel, it was you. He turns around with a look on his face. He says, I ain't never knocked on nobody. Never, I ain't. <laughs> and he punches him right in the chops. And it all kicks off. There's a massive fight. He punches him loads. Yeah, he punches he him draws. fucking loads. Hitting proper, him loads. Proper kicking. Well, punching. Yeah. Nighttime. Techno's playing. It's a bit like a festival, but everyone's got bikinis on all over the place. Brian's sneaking around. He's trying to find me. He's like, Mia, where are you? He sees her talking to Dom. And she's going, don't go. Don't go and do this shady job. Don't go and do it. Dom's like, I'm going to do it for us. Upset. He goes off to do a crime. Mia comes back. Brian's like, um, what's going on with uh, Vin Diesel over there? Why's he going off into the night to do a crime in a neon car? And she says, what are you talking about? I don't know what you're talking about. And she said, right, okay. I've got to tell you something, Mia. I'm a policeman. Drops the bomb on her. And she's like, you what, mate? You're a cop. And she says, yeah, something really bad's going to happen. I need your help. You're really good at cars. You've got his phone number. We need to track his mobile phone. You're coming with me. That's it. I'm a cost. So, so for me, this really was weak. This element yeah. of the film. I, she should have been completely and utterly raging at the fact that essentially this guy 
pretended to be someone else and slept with her. But Mark, she says that was, he says that was the only thing that was real. But are you going to believe that from a man that's lying for money? It's still not cool, is it? it as, 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 as police officer ethics go, sleeping with people whilst undercover is pretty shitty. She's like, you bastard. You bastard. Obviously, she's upset. She's like, look, the truckers are really pissed off. You need to come and help me because if the truckers get involved, they're going to start shooting people because people keep nicking the tellies. She's like, right, I'll help you. She gets in the car. She calls the police. They trace Dom's mobile number. They know where he is. She is fucking livid at this point. The job. The crew turn up to, and they unwrap some cars. The, the, it's the neon cars from the start of the film. So the, the crew are responsible for the thefts. After all, all of the gang are going, look, I don't feel good about this. Vin Diesel's like, yeah, it'll be fine. Michelle Rodriguez even says, his girlfriend's like, I am not into this bit. And the way he calms her down, he says, I had a dream we were on a beach in Mexico. And that's all he says. He doesn't follow up on it. <laughs> and he gets in, she says, oh, did you? Vin Diesel doesn't talk, does he? He just well, secretes words out of front of his head. Brian finds out where they are. He's going to intersect them. He's going to, he's going to be part of the family. He's going to help. But the three black crime cars are now flanking the truck. It's the next day. Don is like, okay, it's time. Let's go. Turns out Vince, Shady Vince, he's been the harpoon man the whole time. Bam! First window goes out at the start of the film. Second harpoon, bam! He goes, he's going to do a Spider-Man up there to the front. But wait! Vince sees that the driver of the car has got a sawn-off shotgun and he starts shooting at Vince. And then he's like, oh no, it's all gone shit, it's all gone tits! He can't get to the he can't get to him. Vince is stuck on the truck stuck on the front of the truck. Now, nobody can get him off. Brian then comes, races out of nowhere with Mia driving the car. He says, take the controls. You can take controls of the car. He jumps from the red sports car that they built together as a family, all of these people. Vince is dingle dangling on the side of the juggernaut. He's got his arm wrapped in a wire flitch. You can't get off. So Paul Walker, he jumps on. He says, I'll unwrap you. While he's doing this, the fucking redneck trucker who's pissed off about all his toes getting naked, he's shooting. Shoot through the door willy-nilly but he manages to get him off and he throws him into the car, throws him like a bag of Vinci meat into the back of the car. And then he jumps just as the trucker shoots bang bang through the door and he holds on to the top of the car. They skid off but they realize Vince is in a really bad way. Vin Diesel pulls up, gets over to get Vince out. He's like, shit, we need to get an ambulance. Paul Walker takes the phone out of his pocket, right in front of Vinny D's face. He says, I need a helicopter. This is, I'm an off-duty police officer. Vin Diesel, his face drops like a sack of shit. He's like, oh my God. He was. Is it? That's a really good scene. Yeah, it is. Because then he realises he's been lying this whole time. The bro love was false bro. But but was it false bro love? Vin Diesel is confused. He leaves Paul Walker in the desert on his own. And he drives off with his family. But he wants revenge. He goes home. He's going to get in his dad's car. He's got a shotgun. He needs to get to Jesse because he went off on a... Remember Jesse from Ghostbusters? He's driving around the desert. He's had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> Luckily, Paul Walker catches him. He's like, don't go out and get Jesse. He's going to make it worse. I haven't called the police, but I will do. And he goes, you are the police, Paul Walker. How could you? And they get into like the whole you know, political situation about the whole thing. While they're doing this, while they're talking about it, Jesse pulls up in the car and he's like, I'm really sorry. He's a sweaty mess, lads. 
He's all confused. How long has he been driving? Yeah, where's he been? But he's like, oh God, I'm really sorry about that. I just like flipped out. I just need some help while he's walking over to his heroes to Paul and Big Father D. Motorbikes, three points drive around the corner and they mow him down in front of his family. And that's it. He dies in the arms of Vin Diesel. Paul Walker sees this. He gets in his car and he chases after them. He chases after them. Does. Yeah. Tears in his eyes. Jesse the Ghostbuster is dead. Vin Diesel, livid, gets in the car, starts chasing him as well. They take the punks down. One gets knocked off the road by Vin Diesel. The other one gets shot, left in a tunnel. So this is the first time there's actually some good shooting in the film because there's a lot of shooting and not much hitting. It's, it's, it's a little bit like they're all kind of like street punk stormtroopers. They can't fucking hit for toffee. And then suddenly when it suits the plot, they do. Yeah, they do. They shoot. But one gets knocked off straight away. The other one dies now. Oh, that, that fucking stunt where the bike landed on top of the biker. That must yeah. have fucking hurt. Tasty shit. Uh, one thing about this whole franchise is the stunt teams are incredible. Mm. By the stunt drivers, and like, it's just insane. Really good stuff. Now, the bike, the baddies are down, but we've got our two heroes, both in their chariots, face to face at the crossroads. Vin Diesel, he looks over and he says, I used to drag here when I was a teenager back in high school. From here to the railway, is exactly quarter mile and I said earlier I live my life a quarter mile at a time Paul this is what I was talking about mate you push me to this this is a metaphor in car form it says when it goes green I'm going for it Paul Walker looks at him tears in his eyes tears in his eyes he has dominated he knows what he wants and he races two cars bros bro love in their hearts they race and they just beat the train just beat the train with the power of NOS. They bend space and time with beautiful cars once again. They get past the train. They look at each other like, fucking hell, bro, that was fucking amazing. We're going to be friends for life. Then, bam, out of nowhere, Vin Diesel's car gets hit. He tumbles like tumbleweed, rolling and rolling, but Paul Walker gets him out. Diesel's like, I wasn't planning on that. Paul Walker, yes. Police sirens, they're coming. They know what's happening. Bad lads, dead, all over the place. Cars, smash, trains. Vin Diesel, is, he stands there like he's waiting for the police to come. But Paul Walker, he takes the keys out of his pocket of the car that they built together with bro love and love and family. He gives him the keys and he tells him to go. And Vin Diesel drives off into the distance and Paul Walker walks towards the police. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of the film. So that film, right, I have spent a lot of time nitpicking and poking fun and saying how everything is silly and I don't understand this bit and pointing out icky bits. But fucking hell, I enjoyed that film. Yeah. (laughs) I've been hypercritical and I feel that isn't a fair depiction of my enjoyment of this film. It was fucking brilliant. It's brilliant, and we are going to chip away at them all as we carry on on this Tuesday quest into tap films. But yeah, it was like you're saying about a, a tap film doesn't have to be utterly shit and offensive. It has to, it's, a, it's a good ride. It has to feel like almost like the, an episode of the 18. Do you know what I mean? Also, the thing is about the Fast and Furious films. Did either of you ever watch like Dragon Ball Z? No. No. 
basically the whole thing is they have like some incredibly powerful enemy that they have to defeat and then they do and then in the next season their crew has grown a little bit because that guy they've defeated is now on their side yeah and that's kind of how these films work well that's what we'll get into it, it starts for a series of films that starts like this which is about people street racing and stealing dvd players to end up where it does actually end up is quite the journey and uh, there's not a bad film in this franchise. Would, would you agree, Fletch? I don't think there is a bad film in, in the whole in the whole lot. It's incredible. It's incredible. Better than Marvel. Better than it is better than Marvel. I'd rather, rather watch this over the, the Avengers any day. Oh, fucking absolutely. Yeah. Is it worth asking you for your stars, Mark? Many, many stars. All the stars, Fletcher. Yeah. Oh come on, Fletcher. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for joining. The chocolate, it has worn off, hasn't it? We just, it's a good job we're coming to the end of the episode. You're having a sugar I'm, little now. I've just realised I didn't mention which things earned love hearts. No! Oh, oh you were so taken up in the fast and furious car mansory. Mm. That oh, you... I also forgot to pose the question, which one's the fast and which one's the furious? I think They're both the time... fast and furious, aren't they? Yeah. Well, go on then, Mark. Come on, on. Let's, have a, let's just have a quick, like... Peel, peel, speed round, rundown. What are your love hearts, Mark? Okay, Snapple earned a love heart because that amused the fuck out of me. The wheel spin tantrum earned a love heart. All of the music repeatedly earned love hearts a plenty. The truck scene was really cool. That earned a love heart. And the and I was genuinely excited by the drag race with the train. That earned a love heart. And now of the name race wars earned a um. And it's an ironic love heart. So there you go. Also, also, it ends with a rap song that is the story of the film. Good. By somebody that is in the film. Good. That's like, that's metatat at its best, isn't it? It's a song <laughs> called Fast and the Furious by Ja Rule. Good. What are we doing next week, Malachi J. Matthews? Well, next week, do you, you want to join us, Mark? You like, you like Patrick Swayze, don't you? I do. Oh, have you ever been to a bar when it gets a bit rowdy? Yeah. Well, there's a certain type of person that will look after you in that situation. The bouncer. The cooler. Patrick Swayze. We're doing Roadhouse, Mark. We'll see you next week. Peace.